0: Hey, uh, Brad, you Yeah, as a matter of fact. How you doing, Brad? I, I'm doing great, Scott. How about you? I don't know if I have any more. put some of your notes in here? My apologies. I do not have one. Uh, Doug didn't leave me with enough of them. <laughs> Things are going good right now. Well, good afternoon. <clears throat> How's everybody doing? Good. 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 Jerry, you might shut that. Can you swing around? And grab- oh, okay. Good. Good. Chuck, thank you for uh, uh, grabbing lunch. You guys may not be aware of it, but Chuck, every week.
1: Chuck must like macaroni and cheese.
0: Well, I hope you guys do. We don't have I uh, on Friday uh, I attend this uh, group called the Jacksonville Business Fellowship, and it's uh, Friday mornings at uh, at seven o'clock down at the Ameris Bank Building. And our guest the last week and again this week is my friend Todd Coleman, who is the uh, Chick Fil A franchisee that Chuck gets every. Isn't that where you get it, Chuck? Marsh Landing. Landing? Yeah, Yeah. and. Anyway, he's been sharing about Chick-fil-A. I know we all know, well, Chick-fil-A is a great company. But you know, some, of the, some of the specifics about that company, it's just amazing. Uh, that trip Cathy's, two, two things that really drove what they, you know, their, their core principles were excellence. It wasn't success, it was excellence. Just do it with excellence. And then the other thing was care, caring for people. So it's been pretty effective for them. Yes, Frank. True it. They went through a
1: many years ago, the company was not growing and doing right they need to do. So he had a two-day <coughs> retreat of all the managers. Right. And the conclusion of the matter is on their corporate office today.
0: Is that right?
1: They, their whole conclusion of the matter was to be good stewards of what God mm-hmm. provided. That was true at Catherine the same way.
0: That is a great, great lesson for all of us. Well, welcome to the SWAT, lunch SWAT. A um, little housekeeping. Uh, we have any new, any visitors, first-time visitors? First-time visitors? No? Okay. Good. Good. There is a roll going around. Uh, if your name is not on that roll, write your name down. Check the box of the column that you're in. And then uh, there's also a second sheet there. With a prayer request. <clears throat> I, uh, My good friend Gil over here and I kind of chatted in the parking lot. Um, Gil I don't know if I can share. Okay. Uh, Gil and I have been talking for the last couple of weeks actually I had, it's been about three weeks that he was having some medical issues and went in for a for a examination and uh, Bottom line is as of yesterday, it was yesterday y'all got the final diagnosis. He's got stage 4 pancreatic cancer now What let me let me tell you So yeah, that's exactly I mean that's your normal response and what Gil was telling me is Had this been two years ago He might have been talking about jumping out of a window and taking his life but he came to Christ about two years ago. Amen. And he was telling me that... What did you say, Gil, about y'all being in the, in the doctor's office yesterday? You just, you, just a piece? Yeah. Dr. knew we were expecting to hear different things,
1: but we got some wrong information. I was expecting to hear better. And he
2: just made it all out there. Before it began, I kind of... Years this day. So, within my own strength, I know I did not have the strength to like that, or strength even
0: to be here right now. Well, mm-hmm. please keep Gill in your prayers, and as that sheet goes around. Let's make sure we fill that out. I know there's a tendency when you hear something like that, you go, "Well, my my requests aren't like that." It doesn't matter. Okay, Bennett, what what are you saying? I'm just just thinking exactly the same thing. In fact, um, I'm going to try and wrap up a little bit early because I do want to have some, a little bit of maybe some Q and A, if you will, if there's time. And then I would love to do that, Bennett. So anybody wants to hang out afterwards let's uh let's lay hands on Gil. and uh anyway so that sheet's going around please uh fill that out and uh i i've, sp- I've spoken to doug almost every day over the last uh, 10 days or so i spoke to him yesterday and uh there's just a, a, a an excitement in his voice uh He told me yesterday, and we probably talked for 20 or 30 minutes, he goes, I can't wait to get back home. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I could talk to you for like two hours. I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking forward to getting back. I know you guys are probably looking forward to getting back. I told Stephen, you know, nobody sent him an email saying, hey, don't have Brad come back. But uh, it's it's good to be back. And uh, uh, it's always I love to teach, but I love to study more than I love to teach because I like to see how God is working in my own life and so uh, last week we looked at discipleship uh, doug the week before uh, unpacked evangelism we're looking at these five core values that undergird the swat ministry spiritual warriors advancing truth and so we're going to take these first few weeks of this kind of semester i'll call it a swat semester to really dive into these five core values before we begin our study in Hebrews this year. So uh, just encourage you that once we're done with these five core values, come back, we're gonna be in Hebrews the entire year. So um, as Doug shared, actually I think I mentioned, so Doug actually uh, started with God's word. He started with God's word last week, it was discipleship. Today's community, next week will be evangelism. Of course Doug also unpacked a little bit on prayer and last week as we as we looked at discipleship we were looking at 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 through 14 where Paul lays out <clears throat> these seven essential truths if we are going to be about making disciples obviously discipleship is one of the five core values of SWAT because it's the last command that Jesus gave His disciples. Go make disciples. And what does He tell them to do? Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I have commanded. And then He says, And lo, I am with you always. So going out making disciples is not in your power, it's in God's power. And uh, we looked at discipleship requires that, number one, we pray. That we pray. Number two, that we engage. If you remember, Paul told Timothy, I'm, I pray for you constantly, night and day. He was in prayer for Timothy. He also says, and I long to be with you. You know, in a day where we are so connected through these devices, we so seldom get face to face with one another. And Paul longed to be with Timothy. He longed to engage with Timothy. Number three, he affirmed Timothy's faith. If we are going to make disciples, we have to affirm our brother in the Lord's faith. I don't know about you, I was sharing, I think, with David Gray. By the way, David, thanks for sitting in uh, for me while I sit in for Doug on SWAT radio. David and I were talking about I have over the years, developed a very critical spirit. I'm sure none of you struggle with that, but I tend to walk into places and I immediately start seeing things that are wrong, not things that are right. Now that, you know, I I call it discerning. (laughs) That's the spiritual word. I'm very discerning. No, I just generally have a pretty critical spirit. And I can tend to, even in my own children as they were growing up and in my wife and in what our house looks like or how that business is operating, is I tend to kind of attack things as what's wrong, not what's right. And Paul is affirming in Timothy his faith that he saw in his grandmother and that he saw in his mother and now he sees in Timothy. Are we doing that? As we're making disciples, let's be sure we're affirming the faith we see and those we are discipling. Number four, Paul encouraged Timothy. He encouraged Timothy, despite the fact that Paul is sitting in prison, he is encouraging Timothy, stay strong, brother. Stay strong. I know this isn't where you want to be, but stay strong. And he encouraged him in that way. Number five, Paul encouraged Timothy to go in God's power. Don't go in your power. I know there's there's, there's a... There's a tendency when times get tough or we come across a text. I think I was sharing that I was teaching out of Romans 9 a couple of weeks ago. And boy, I wanted to hop, skip, and jump over some of those texts. But the reality is Paul's telling Timothy, you're not doing this for you. You're doing this for God. And since you're doing it for God, do it in His power, not your own. And then at number six... Scott, you breaking things over there, buddy? No, no, I think they broke on me. Number six, uh, Paul encourages Timothy to preach and teach truth unashamedly. Preach and teach truth unashamedly. It's one of the things that I love about SWAT. It's one of the things I love about Doug. Spiritual warriors advancing truth. Are we warriors advancing truth? All the truth. Because... Listen, there's some truth in this book right here that's hard to hear sometimes. And we have to teach it unashamedly. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power unto what? Salvation. Mm -hmm. We've got to preach the gospel. If we want people to get saved, Uh. preach the gospel. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. And then finally, Paul says to Timothy, number seven, guard the good deposit. Guard the good deposit. What is the good deposit? It's the Scriptures. It's what God has revealed about Himself to us. And we guard it. Another word you might think of is treasure it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do we treasure the Gospel? And are we guarding it? Guarding it meaning nobody's going to come in and alter it and make changes to it. And yet, we live in a world today, they'd love to change this book. And many people are trying to so guard the good deposit and this week we're going to examine this core value of community community Merriam Webster defines community like this as a unified body of individuals such as a group of people with a common characteristic or interest living together within a larger community. I'm going to repeat that and so begin, as I repeat that, begin to think about what a gospel community might look like. A unified body of individuals such as a group of people with a common characteristic or interest living together within a larger community. So as it relates to a gospel community, a SWAT community, it's a group of people that is unified toward two things. Two things. And we're going to pray in just a minute. We're going to close that prayer with the Shema. What do you think those two things might be? Anyone? You guys know the Shema? <clears throat> love
2: for God and love for each other. Exactly. I have the advantage of being around
0: here. Love God. <laughs> love God. Love man. Love God. Love man, and we should be unified in the larger society as a group of men who love God and love man. And as Christ followers, we have a common identity with a common purpose. 1 Peter 2 9 says this, but you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That's our identity. That's who you are. And then it says this, so that, whenever you see so that, boy, better highlight that because it's not a matter of truth, it's what are you going to do with the truth. So that, because you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, what is your purpose? And he says, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness. And he's transferred you into the, his, his family, into this wondrous light. In other words, God has adopted you and he's brought you into his family for a purpose. That you would proclaim his excellencies. So our common identity is that we are in Christ. We are children of God and it's who we are. And as God's children, we have a common purpose to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness and into His light. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all. Do all to the glory of God. Three or four verses later in 3.23 it says, Do your work heartily as unto the Lord rather than For men, knowing knowing that it's from the Lord that you receive the reward of the inheritance. And then it says this, it is the Lord God whom you serve. Loving God and loving man are to be done in the context of living together within a larger society. That's a gospel community. So before we get started, I want to begin with prayer. Uh, If you would, we'll go to our knees and pray, and then we'll close with the Shema, okay? Heavenly Father, we come before you today, we're thankful that we can gather freely in this place and open your (laughs) word. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the text that we're going to look at today as we examine what it means and what it looks like to be in gospel community. Lord, we adore you. We love you. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator and sustainer of life. You have numbered our days. You are sovereign. You rule over all things. Like the Bible says everything in the heavens and earth is yours O Lord this is your kingdom we adore you as being in control of everything riches and honor come from you alone you're the ruler of all mankind your hand controls power and might and it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength father we confess that as we examine the scripture that we fall way way short when it comes to loving our brothers But, Lord, we're thankful that you loved us and that you went to the cross on our behalf. We praise you for that. And I'm reminded of the words where the uh, scribe asked Jesus which commandment was the most important, and Jesus responded with the Shema. He said the most important is this. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God God. with all your heart, with all your your soul, 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 and with all your mind. mind. Of course, we're reminded that the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself.
1: yourself.
0: Father, bless our time today. (coughs) May we be reminded that there is no other commandment greater than these. For your glory, we pray this in Jesus' name. (laughs) Well, you just just totally, you know, highlighted it. You raised it up there, Dave. We got an extra seat in here? Is there an extra seat? Yeah, there's plenty of pens. Anybody need any, any more pens? Yeah, there's a big bag. I'm sorry
2: about
0: that. Anybody need a pen I'm Sure, The uh, the gospel community or what what you know we like to call the SWAT community is more than simply the study of God's word. It's God's Word becoming flesh in the members of that community. I love the Scripture that says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Aren't you glad that God didn't just send us the Word? He sent us His Son who became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says, "...and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten Son." full of grace and full of truth. And Paul tells Timothy, he says, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for four things. Teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Who's righteous? The Bible tells us no one is righteous. No, not one. Jesus is the only righteous one. And verse 17 of that same text says, so that, <laughs> again, so that. Why do we have the Scriptures? All Scriptures inspired by God's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. For every good work. James tells us prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves your scripture may say deceive themselves in other words you are deceived in believing that you are one of God's children if there is no action if there is no doing of what he tells us to do Jesus said if you love me you'll keep my commandments so we, as we gather together as a community of SWAT men, it's not simply for the study of God's Word. It's not simply to open the text and read it and it to be information that comes in. The reality is we're to do something with that. The Word of God is to be read. It's to be heard. It's to be taught and preached. It's to be meditated on, memorized. Ultimately, it's to be obeyed. It's to be obeyed. Paul says this, we are are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which, by the way, God prepared beforehand that we would think about them, talk about them. No, it says so that we would walk in them. That we would be active. That we would be doing something with that. Francis Schaeffer said this, Our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Let me say that again. Our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. I shared last week about my wife who reminded me that I had won this plaque at this uh, corporate event outing about what a great boss I was. And I was proud to have that on my nightstand for about four weeks before she handed it to me and said, would you take this to your office because the guy who won that doesn't live here. You know what, it doesn't matter how we perform here at SWAT or at church or at our office, You measure the true spiritual maturity of a man at home when he's with his wife or his kids. And that's why Paul says, let us consider, let us consider, let us ponder, if you will, how to stir one another toward love and good works. The greatest display of love, by the way, was made manifest in Calvary on a cross. In fact, the late John Stott said this, the Christian community is a community of the cross. For it has been brought into being by the cross and the focus of its worship is the Lamb once slain now glorified. And then Jesus in John fifteen twelve said, Love one another as I have loved you. Now, How has he loved you? The very next verse explains it. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Anyone want to sign up for that friendship? Listen, we all want a friend like that. I don't want to be that friend most of the time. In fact, seldom. Jesus was that friend to us. I don't know if you guys uh, remember the group DC Talk. If you're my age or younger, you may remember that group. I, I don't even know if they're still around. or I know a few of them are, but uh, they used to have a song called uh, Love is a Verb. Love is a Verb. And just, just a little line in the, in the song says this, Hey, tell me, haven't you heard? Love is a serious word. Hey, I think it's time you learned. I don't care what they say, I don't care what you heard. The word love, love is a verb. If you would, turn to 1 John chapter 3. John, in 1 John chapter 3, writes this love one another passage. And it's this passage where he details what a gospel community looks like. Beginning in verse 16 of 1 John chapter 3, he writes, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You want me to go any further? (laughs) In other words, since we know, that word know is actually experiential. It's we've experienced God's love. Since we have experienced this kind of love, it should lead us to a similar love for one another. Now look at verse 17. John asks this question that most of us really don't want to answer. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? In other words, how is it possible to say that you love God, that you know your brother has a need, you have the resources to meet the need, and yet you don't meet the need? How is it that you can say the love of God abides in you? And that has not been the case, by the way, within the SWAT community. Let me just state that right up front. It seems like all the time, when Doug makes a, makes a, a uh, request, obviously that goes before God because God owns it all anyway. What he wants, what he's really praying for is that you would loosen the grip on something and maybe share it, okay? So within the SWAT community, we have seen how God has provided in multiple ways, Bennett true I mean have we not seen some just amazing stuff happen I shared with the group uh, over at the beach a couple of uh, last week about how I got involved in SWAT radio some of you may not know this Doug came to me and asked me if I would consider doing this live talk show I'm like no I'm not interested in that and uh, but I did kind of say well tell me a little bit more about it I'll I'd love to pray for you about that and he said well uh this is what it is and And he said, but here's the deal. I want to raise six months of funds before I even do the first broadcast. That was like in October. He wants to do the first broadcast in January. And at about two grand, $2,500 a month, you know, so do the math. In my head, I'm going, and I'm pretty good with numbers. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll do a month with you if you can raise the money by January. Three days later, Doug's calling me. Hey, guess what? I raised all the money. No, he didn't raise the money. God raised the money. It's God's money. And so, when it comes to a need, at least in the SWAT community, Doug often will tell of a need, and that need gets met by this group. Okay? And that's the way it should be. The problem is, most of the time, we're not aware of needs that are out there. We're not aware that, and we're not aware of it because we have a brother who may be isolated. He may be isolated. We can't meet the need of a brother who is isolated. Peter reminds us to be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour Anybody like me love those old National Geographics? I have two sons, and uh, those were kind of the, the boys' night. You know, we'd close ourselves up in my bedroom and we'd put on a National Geographic. And my boys just love that kind of stuff. They love to watch that lion who's out in the, the open field with a, a herd of antelopes out there, and that lion drops down. He gets real sneaky down there. And let me ask you, if you've ever seen those, where does the lion's eyes go as he's looking at that herd? You know what he's looking for? He's looking for that one antelope, that one deer that begins to drift away from the pack. He doesn't have to get that far from the pack before that lion starts slowly creeping in there. And at some point, it's an all-out attack. Scripture tells us that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. I I started a little project at my house after one of the rainstorms about two weeks ago, and I walked out my front porch, walked down on the steps, and right at the base of the steps, I get this, if it rains really hard, all the water kind of collects there. It doesn't have anywhere to run off. It just kind of sits there. I don't know if you guys have ever jumped into projects that you probably shouldn't have jumped into, but that's me, and I do that often. And you would think 34 years into marriage, I'd figure out some of the projects I shouldn't be jumping into, but I I go into the garage, I get a shovel, and I literally start digging a path to create flow for this water to move out of there. I'm thinking, oh, it'll take me a couple hours to do this. About five hours into it, my son shows up. 27 years old, Stephen knows him, Bennett knows him. And uh, what had happened is my wife had watched me from the kitchen window work way too hard for a guy my age. And she calls my son and says, do you have any time to come over here and help your daddy out? (laughs) Two are better than one. Listen, Ben's twice, he's half my age, but he can work twice as hard as I can. And in a matter of a couple hours, we knocked that project out for the most part. I'll have to get him back for sure. But two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. It says, For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. And furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And if if one can empower him who is alone, two can resist him. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken or torn apart. You guys know the idea of twines of rope pulled together. Where three are bound, it's hard to break that. And so look at verse 18 of that text. 1 John 3, 18. Little children, remember you're a child of God. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. In other words, it's not enough to talk about love. Love is active. Love is a verb. It takes movement. Jesus said, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And Paul says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the, the day drawing near. That's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. You know, hopefully... We are all being transformed into the image of Christ. I, I talked about last week, we're justified in an instant. We're sanctified in a lifetime. And as we are being sanctified, what's happening to the world? The world is going the other way. Okay. The world is in utter disaster mode. And we're going the other way. Now, when that happens, you know what happens, right? You know, you know what the ultimate? Suffering. As the day's drawing in, as, the, as, as you see the day drawing near, the day he's talking about is the day of Christ's return. Listen, as the day draws near, are we challenging each other? Or are we stirring one another to love and to good deeds? Galatians 6.2, Paul writes, "...bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ." You want to fulfill the law of Christ? bear a brother's burden bear a brother's burden diedrich bonhoeffer if you've never read any of diedrich bonhoeffer let me encourage you to do that he said this the christian must bear the burden of a brother he must suffer and endure the brother now think about that he must suffer and and endure the brother you have any brothers in your life you have to endure (laughs) you may have some family members you have to endure he goes on to say it is only when he is a burden that another person is really a brother and not merely an object to be manipulated the burden of men was so heavy for God himself that he had to endure the cross and yet I see a brother in need and I act like he's not even there I, drive, I live down in the San Marco area, and I drive down University Boulevard and, and made that drive every day, and I have for 18 years. And uh, probably 10 years ago, my wife was with me, and we happened to stop at the red light there, and I look over, and in that park bench is the same guy that's been there every day for the last 12 years probably at that time. And my wife and I began to have a little conversation at that red light. Interesting how God convicts you at certain times. And she said, put your blinker on. Let's, let's pull in. So we pulled into the parking lot. And I said, what are we doing? She said, we're going to go talk to that guy. <laughs> oh, anybody else have a wife like that? <clears throat> I am so thankful. I'm so thankful that she does that. That literally in that instant, the Spirit moved her heart. To have compassion on somebody who probably had some serious needs. And of course, we all have experienced that guy on the corner who's got the sign and you know he he he's in need, at least he says he is. And he may be. He probably is. And what what goes through our minds typically? Well, let me see what I got in my wallet. Does he really need that? Don't we become a little bit of the judge? Or what's he going to do with it? Yeah, what's he going to do with it? We, we, we start to really question whether or not, as if it's our money to begin with. <laughs> as if the resources that God has given us are somehow ours. The contacts in my phone, my 401, my IRA, whatever it is, my job, my education, my MBA. As if those things are somehow ours. And I feel like it's the greatest challenge that we face in our society today in the church is that we have such a vast amount of resources and yet we don't have eyes to see the needs of people right in front of us who are desperate. They're desperate. They're ultimately desperate for the gospel is what they're desperate for. But oftentimes we don't have an opportunity to share because we haven't cared for them yet. It's the prayer-care-share model. You pray, you care for Him, and then that opens up doors of opportunity for us to share the gospel. Now, I got to sit with that man and share with him. I bought him a meal just to listen to him and to engage with him. And if you haven't done that, I'm telling you, it may be something we need to do as a group of men. Maybe testify to that. What did we do this week? Did we find somebody who might be in need? Well, how did the early church respond when brothers were in need? Go from 1 John and move over to Acts. Acts chapter 2. This will be kind of the summary of what I want to share today. Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at four devotions that lead to a gospel community. Four devotions that lead to a gospel community. In fact, all four of these devotions are listed out beginning in verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Now, just in way of context, what's happened is Peter has preached. 3,000 people have come to saving grace, saving knowledge of Christ. And it says in verse 42, they were continually ongoing. In other words, it's continually. They didn't stop at one time. It's continually. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. So first devotion is that we are devoted to gospel teaching. I'm not interested in... I mean, listen, we have access to more great teaching than we could have ever been able to access. But listen, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. Let's be devoted to the gospel. Let's be devoted to the teaching of God's Word. Number two, it says they were devoted to fellowship. Fellowship. Now, we tend to think of this as fellowship. And in some ways it is. The Word is actually partnership. That's where we get the word partnership. What the word I think of is co-laboring. We are partners. We are co-laboring with Christ in the gospel. So when it says fellowship, it's really the idea that we are partnering together. We are co-laboring for the sake of the gospel. They were devoting themselves to teaching and to fellowship. And look at that, to the breaking of bread. I'm going to really challenge Doug. Maybe one Wednesday we need to break bread together. Not break Chick Fil A, not break uh, what is it, Jersey Mike's. Let's break bread together. Let's have communion here together. Because they were devoted to that. They were devoted to remembering the blood, the body, and the blood of Jesus Christ. People have said before, "Is SWAT a church?" No, SWAT is not a church. You need to be in a church so that you can do this, so you can break bread, you can take communion. And then finally, they were devoted to prayer, to prayer. Now, I think what's interesting is, look at what happened as a result of their devotion, beginning in verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. So when I talk about fellowship, this idea of partnership, this co-laboring, it's also the word sharing, that we're sharing the burden. Bennett, I know you because I've known you for a long time. I mean, you've been in multiple banks and you've had partners, haven't you? Okay. When you're a partner with somebody, there's a shared burden, isn't there? Okay, that's the picture, is that there is a shared burden. If there is a need and I have a way to meet that need, I've got to loosen my grip on it so that I can meet the need of a brother. And all those who believed were together and had all things in common, and they began, look at that, they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with them all as anyone might have need. I'm in the real estate business. And I've had two transactions in the last year that required somebody sell a piece of property so they could meet a health care need. Raise your hand if you'd be willing to do that. That's what I thought. Well, I, good. I mean, that's, that's what they were doing. There were needs, and you know what? They sold their property to meet the needs. Listen, in America... We are incredibly possessive, especially of our property and our things and our stuff. Wow. I mean, this is big time stuff. They were sharing with them all, as anyone might have need. Verse 46, day by day, continuing. And you can just highlight this with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all people with all the people now i think what's awesome is this last little phrase and the lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved praise the lord listen if 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 we if we could see pardon the pun a come to jesus like that what would we be willing to sell to make that happen? What would we be willing to sell to make that happen? They were of one mind. Yes, Joe? No, I mean, they were of one mind. I, I was, uh, years ago, I was at visiting Vody Bauckham's church in Houston. And uh, I ended up getting just a private conversation with them about the things that they, kind of the programs that they have in their what they call a family-integrated church. And he said, there's really uh, only two programs if you want to call it a program. One is every Wednesday night, it is a requirement of the men of that church to come here and be taught the Word of God. It's a requirement. Number two, the other requirement was you have somebody into your home from within the body within that church that comes over to your house for a meal, that you share a meal together. And then one other just caveat to that was you have somebody outside that church come in for a meal. Now, we go to meals all the time, but I'm talking about having somebody come into your home to break bread together, to have a meal together. And so I think it's interesting that he adds that there, that breaking bread from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. I want to just, Joe, I want you to kind of raise your question, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw out just a couple of things. So, four things. They were devoted to teaching, they were devoted to fellowship, sharing, partnering, co laboring together. They were devoted to communion, they were devoted to breaking bread together and remembering the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And number four, they were devoted to prayer, to prayer. And as a result of that, the numbers were added day by day, those who were being saved. Do we believe that today? That if we were devoted to those four things that we would see change in our culture, our society, in our city? So we've got a few minutes left. I'm going to throw out some questions to you. How does God instruct me to respond to brothers in need? How does God instruct me to respond to a brother who is in need? Number two, how will people know I'm one of Jesus' disciples? Is it because you have a SWAT shirt on? Uh, You have a bumper sticker? I don't even have bumper stickers on my car. I'm worried somebody's going to... You know, go, all oh, those Christians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How will people know I'm one of Jesus' disciples? It won't be because you're a good teacher, preacher, reader, studier, texter. You know, you memorize all the verses. Love one another. That's how they'll know we're one of Jesus' disciples. Number three, how about this one? Well, Let me just tell you, this was mine. This is what I wrote down. What needs to die in my life in order for Christ to live through me? Put it another way. What do I need to crucify so that Christ can live through me? Because here's the reality. I've got stuff in my life that I'm hanging on to with the tightest of grips. And God wants those things. They're His anyway. It's just somehow I think they're mine. and then number four who in your life needs to be encouraged to engage in a community like this we have watched this even just this group we have over 200 guys who come to various SWAT Bible studies a year ago it was about 100 who do you know that may be isolated who either you need to put in a headlock or you need to just put your arm around and say, Hey, come with me. Let's go grab lunch together and bring them here. Because that man who's isolated is going to go down. He's going to go down. Joe, you had a question for me?
1: Yeah. I've just seen that. Yeah. new believers became followers of Christ, not an answer to this, but sometimes they have to give up everything, give up their livelihood, and, else. and that's why perhaps people were able to share more so than now. I mean, they had to give up their livelihood. Like, like for example, now, in my uh, understanding some of the uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries, if one becomes, goes from in Muslim to, to a yeah. believer, from Christian, up there and everything, yeah. Was that kind of the same thing then? Do you think? Probably.
0: Yeah, more? probably. I'm not saying everybody, but yeah, yeah could have been.
1: I'm just, I'm just curious. i read that like we have in the time. That's a great, you know, with, with fast forward to where we are now, which we're right. not, not even a shade of what the early church was, and right. was the Western church. Right. But uh, so I'm just curious. Yes. What strikes me is that everybody has needs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you can't satisfy
0: those needs. Can't satisfy all of them. You're right. I had so a.
1: How do you discern?
0: Well, you pray. You pray. You're devoted to prayer. I think as we pray together, as we study the Word together, we will become sensitive to the needs of those around us. Like I told you, I'm driving down university for years and years and years. I've seen that guy on that park bench 100, 200, 500 times. I don't know how many times. And yet it was my wife who was sensitive to the move of the Spirit to do something. Don't just look at him. do something. And you're right, absolutely everybody has a need. Now who's willing to speak of that need? You know So often, us as men, we want to hide those things, because I don't want to reveal how really weak I am, how really desperate I am. So good question.
2: Um, I know that there are times in my life where I get completely overwhelmed with trying to decide something like that. There's so many things out there, so many ways try to help, whether people need, and I do nothing. I get paralyzed and I do nothing. And one thing that was helpful to me, and this is a little cliche, but I think it's still a good analogy, and maybe you and I talked about it once. You know, The analogy of a guy walking along a beach at low tide, and there's hundreds of starfish baking in the sun. And he starts picking up a starfish and throwing it back in the water, and he can't possibly get them all, right? And somebody sees him and says, there's so many, why are you doing that? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. And the guy takes the one in his hand and he throws it back in the water and he says it matters to that one yeah and I, that's always been a good analogy <clears throat> they, they pray about it like you said and, and then do something yeah. right yeah. pick one we can't possibly meet everybody but God puts things in front of us and in our sphere of influence that we can that we can and it matters to that person it matters to that guy totally. that you
0: Talk to and hear. Totally. And listen, you guys all have testimonies of things that you've done that were probably a little uncomfortable for you. I mean, am I right? God forces us out of that comfort zone that we love to hang out in so that we can, what he says, that we might know the love of God. Listen, if you have experienced the love of God, it is impossible. And I I'm, I'm, mark my words, it is impossible not to extend that love to somebody else. I, uh, <clears throat> I had dinner uh, Sunday night with a client of ours, loves the Lord, he and his family, and we went and had dinner. It was at the Brick in Avondale. Anybody ever eaten at the Brick in Avondale? Okay, I've eaten there a couple of times, but we, we, we didn't really want to grab dinner. We was just going to kind of grab appetizers. And, my friend Andrew says, uh, "Have you ever had the uh, the steak the, the steak quesadillas?" I said, "No, never had them." He said, "Okay, I'm gonna order it." <coughs> let me tell you, it was magic when those things came to the table. It was like it lit me up. It was so good. Now let me ask you a question: Do you think there's any chance I'm going back? Do you think there's any chance I'm going to tell somebody else about that, like 32 of you maybe? Here's the reality. If a quesadilla will do that, the gospel, by goodness, ought to do that for us. The problem, I think, is that we aren't experiencing the love of Christ because we're not in this enough. We're not in this and seeing what God has done for us. While we were yet sinners, finish it? Christ died. died. Who did he die for? Uh, The ungodly is what it says. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And yet, I see an ungodly brother who doesn't vote the way I vote and I'll never talk to that guy. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. Listen, we are not to be that way. They'll know we are his because we love our brothers. Any other challenges here in this text? <coughs> I had, uh, yes. Right, I just wanted to show a comment. I think you
2: can reference the verse, which is the verse that just continually gets me my mind. John 13, 34, 35, I send a new I give to you.
0: That's why I love the Shema, as we repeat the Shema. It's a reminder that we cannot love man without a love relationship with God. It's a vertical relationship with God that goes into a horizontal relationship with man. Okay? Anybody else?
1: Yeah, uh, Ben. Fred, there's a book out uh, called You're Born for This, but uh, in it, it challenges us as Christians to pray every day at the beginning of the day for God to... Show us and let us be aware. Let us be sensitive mm-hmm. to the need Sometimes it's just a word of encouragement or a note of encouragement. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, sometimes it's giving money and other things, but sometimes it can just be to to pray for the other prayer for brother. Exactly. or Call on the phone. Exactly. And but his uh, point is, we should wake up every day and say, Thank "Let you. us be an instrument for you, Lord, make us sensitive to all those around." And, and he will just he does that. Yeah. Just yeah. like he did to your wife. Yeah. You
0: know that word "sensitive" is where we get the word "soft" from. It's pliable. It's like, it's like clay. If you've ever left clay outside, because I've got little grandsons that love to play with that stuff, they'll leave it outside of it. It's like hard as a rock. The idea is that you want it to be moldable, soft, sensitive. By the way, that book is by Bruce Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Bruce has been our guest on SWAT. It's a, he's a great writer, and uh, it's a good, <coughs> good word. What's the name of it? You were meant born, for this? You were born, born for this. One more question. Yes, sir.
1: How many people? Let the church, sign
2: the needs by tithe. So,
1: for me, they're much closer to it. I give the money to
0: people that don't have to do it. Sure. And how does that fit? and you should do that. We're we're what commanded place? to tithe. There's also something else we call alms, to give alms. Mm-hmm. It's kind of extra. It's kind of like that. Listen, I'm going to give as God leads me, as God's spirit directs me to give or to move or to pray or whatever it might be. So I think it doesn't take away from that. And you definitely want to be in a church. I would want to know where 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 are God, where is God's money going? You know, what's it going for? It's a great question. I hope this helps. I kind of like this idea of maybe just having a few minutes as we close to kind of have some discussion. Sorry I pushed that. Last week, about 10 minutes over, you guys were racing out to the parking lot. Does anybody have the church, the uh, prayer request sheet?
1: <clears throat> I have a prayer request that I can mention. Okay. That That'd be great. That's okay. In fact, David, I'm going to have you close us in prayer since you got it. Right. Uh, I've been having uh, radio shows here since the second week of January. Uh, off and on, I took a break when I went to Los Angeles, July 11th to the 27th, 16 days and came back. Um, and I'm looking to get uh, sponsors and contributors uh, for my weekly radio show, my network, GNN Quag News Network, the prayer request. Uh, they charge me $75 for a half an hour show. So I'm looking for more contributors and sponsors. Uh, any contributor or sponsor can come on my radio show one day a week here at the Salem Center. Um, so uh, that's my prayer request to get more
0: sponsors and Go contributors. Good, good. So if you, have, you want to find out what he's doing, get with him. David, do you mind to close us real No, quick?
2: and just, I got to say here, it's really just, it's like today's update, so numbers. So Perfect. So. Father in heaven, thank you uh, for this time together. Thank you for Brad for teaching and preparing your word. Thank you for speaking through him. Just pray for each of us that you'd open our ears and soften our hearts. As Ben said, that we'd be sensitive um, to the needs of others. It's so easy to go through the day and just be so caught up and my own stuff that I am not aware of what's going on with others, and I just pray that you forgive me for that, forgive us for that when you do it, and help us to be more like Jesus. We can only be that way through being in your word. I'm thankful for this group and for the group of guys and the inspiration they are to me and just the encouragement that they are to me, and I just pray that you bless each one of us as we go out keep God safe as he travels home.
0: Uh, We want to pray for Gil real quick.